Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We had that whole thing last week, Jules Gill, where we were trying to do a lovely little podcast, and yeah. then we desynced, and my side just ate itself, and you had to finish the podcast by yourself. Oh, is that what happened? Is it? Oh, fantastic! Good times. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were there. You, you did it yourself, mate. I can't even remember what happens yesterday, let alone what <laughs> happens last week. So you tell me if you said that that happened. If you told me the world exploded and rebuilt itself in Minecraft, I would say, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. You, you were going to uh, give me a thousand pounds, and then you were going to send. You know, no, I don't, yeah, just... I don't remember that. Though. Specifically, when it comes to money, I'm actually quite good on that. <laughs> we should say that this is the entire plan of podcast. Podcast, the UBP, the UBP, the UBP, squeezing it in between oh, what culture man. gaming future game show when we both can. Busy betwixt, lives betwixt the cheeks, mate. It's just <laughs> slipping in there because I tell you what, the UBP nearly didn't happen. It's the show no. they wanted to cancel because time itself didn't want to actually let it happen. But the world couldn't working handle. now uh, full time at uh, future game show. Plug, plug, plug. And Scott plug, is plug, obviously plug. a man in the fort uh, over at uh, What Culture. It was a case of do our calendars actually sync up? No, <laughs> no, they don't. Fantastic. We have a little bit of a crossover in terms of some of the stuff that you're still doing for the channel, but after that's yeah. done, it's all all systems go with the Future oh, Game Show, which mad. also it's worth shouting out is on Saturday night. We're not, but we're not um, putting it together on what culture gaming yep. side, but that is what Future Game Show the channel is all about. So, do you want me to have like a 15 second plug for it? Go on, go on, go get, on, get, get a little okay. one in there. So, um, people should actually go over to our Future Game Show TikTok, which is FGS. They should go follow us over there because we're going to be live streaming uh, reactions to our own show because I've not seen anything about it. I don't know what's mm. going to be there so i'm gonna do a live reaction to the show um mm. there's gonna be world premieres of stuff a vr uh, live event or some sort of showcase for vr titles <laughs> and it's gonna be hosted by yuri lowenthal and laura bailey who were the voices from marvel's spider-man so that's pretty cool spoken perfectly plug 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 but you know what let's get off that uh, that high horse and instead jump straight into the trough because i'm pretty sure there's loads of questions that people need answering well, I tell you what, we had the uh, the Summer Games show, Summer Games Fest was we uh, did, last yeah. night. B- bit of a divisive reaction to it. I absolutely loved it. And then when I was watching it, I was uh, I was de- messaging Josh back and forward. And then Josh Brown was like, I'm hating this. There's only like one or two things that I care about. And then I looked online and that seems to be most of the response to it. That's so interesting. I thought it was good. Because this is obviously meant to be, there's no E3. So this is our E3. People had very high expectations mm. going in, but they forget potentially that the Sony showcase had just happened. Xbox has got its own separate one. Every single developer has decided to partition off what their new things Mm, are. So it's a case of what 
is left to show and they're not going to want to give their first party titles to someone else to get the exclusive on mm. it's like what we really got from this was like oh Spider-Man 2 now has a release date fantastic <laughs> I mean that is good but yeah. I do feel that that could have been dropped at the showcase for the PlayStation 1 it felt like you yeah. were just like what we're waiting a few extra days for you to just tell us what we should have been already been presented with weird I think as well there was a lot of like weird like damp squib stuff with like when Spider-Man 2 came up on the screen yeah. it was like oh my god we're going to get something really cool yeah. and then obviously the dude comes out Brian Intihar and just says like actually all I've got for you is a release date and some artwork and here's Venom and kinda but not in a cutscene or anything it's, it's a weird one that isn't it because it's like you showed more technically on your Sony showcase but told less and here you told more but showed less <laughs> like we're not striking a middle ground that yeah. is leaving anyone happy it's, My... it, there's a few other things as well that were a bit weird because it's like We'll go into a few of them, I'm pretty sure, in greater mm-hmm. detail. But the highlights for the wrong reasons would be Prince of Persia for me. That's oh, I love that. That's the thing. Right, Kate. So we should talk about this. Yes. Um, Prince of Persia fan. I know you're a big fan. I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of Sands of Time. It's one of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. And I played the original way, way, way back in the day. Were you not a Warrior Within and Two Thrones person? I kind of dropped off around that okay. time because Warrior Within was a bit too emo edgy for me. And I was oh, just dude, coming that out was, of that phase. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was like, like yeah. But this was like, you were saying that this feels like that, but for a new generation because it's mm. The edge. It's the hello, fellow kids. This is what the um, the cultural <laughs> nuance is right now. And it's like mm-hmm. here's modern hip hop. So the yep. way that I was thinking of it is, is like whoever made this trailer had watched Into the Spider Verse and said, mm. yes, let's do that, but also let's not have as much charm or any like. Well, I don't. I don't think anyone in a marketing sense can figure out Gen Z, and they keep trying. They keep trying these different things, and they end up going in the buckets of like Fortnite adjacent stuff or something like Immortals Phoenix it Rising, did, like for, Fortnite. Let's face yeah, it. Yeah, and like that's like the go-to. And that's the thing when they were showing it off, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Because it had the color palette of Prince of Persia. It looked quite similar, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, but the Prince of Persia remake is cancelled. What is this thing?" And then I, for me, I was blown away by the gameplay. It was literally just like that was some of the most polished Ubisoft gameplay I've ever seen, yeah. and I was like. The the fact that they're doing this like 2D meets 3D uh, platformer with these like execution moves and all these really oh, cool camera zooms and like big big bang so cool. of like blasphemous but mm. also uh, Metroid Dread. It had mm-hmm. that sort of feel of like okay, we're going for heavy action here and we're gonna have lots of like spectacle moments. But it's a case of is the Flash just hiding a lack of substance? Because what I was actually mm. seeing in terms of gameplay was very simplistic. I was like, where's okay. the re- where's where's any of the time mechanic shenanigans? That is what Prince of Persia is known for, mm-hmm. not the action. Per- say so why are we we're trading on this and basically saying this action game could have been anything else but we slapped a prince of persia title well that yeah that was the realization as the trailer rolled out of just being like oh was this something else entirely at one point and Mm. you've just you've just called it prince of persia um but yeah i mean for me i thought the game looked really solid although you are right that they didn't really showcase the the time stuff at all um but yeah i think overall in terms like obviously people reacting to the the art style the direction the tone and stuff um to me it just reminded me of warrior within which like that game was entirely 2005 the aesthetic yeah. God smacks on the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. I stand alone and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was so into that at the time, and so yeah. kind of I'm just hoping that someone who is a teenager or so, you know that could be their warrior within or something that works for them. And um, I think we're in a weird space where because so much data is available to marketing companies and you know like trying to do a data driven like perfect game for the youth, it's almost impossible to do that in a genuine sense yeah. anymore because it is so um, you know all these ideas are like test cased to death. Yeah. So I wonder, but I don't know. I thought it had promise. 
performance. I just, um, it was more just being surprised that it was Ubisoft and it ran well. It was just, <laughs> that was one thing. <laughs> it was, oh, speaking of running well, can we just talk about bloody Sonic superstars? Yeah, we can talk about, oh my God. Uh, no, there was so many things. We, and here is the great divergence, people. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Like the, the little face that Scott made here is just absolutely nuclear bombed my thing that I'm, I bloody hated that. I'm not going to lie, with a passion, mate. I was just like, as soon as I saw him run from the aesthetic that I wanted Sega to actually continue oh, right, yeah. because they, they refused to give us Sonic Mania 2 uh-huh. and it's just like they're almost just saying at this point you're never going to get it no they're never going to do that again stop asking for it you're going to eat this gruel and be happy that you get anything <laughs> and it was like there was nothing about the gameplay that I didn't like I right. thought that the new power-ups and costumes fine but mm-hmm. wouldn't it look so much better if it was in 2D sprite animation that was given the same love as the Sonic Mania stuff that would be so yes iconic no. those images they just look really like well, it was like PS2 graphics. I was like, well, we're done with this, aren't we? I, I, I think, it, to me, it's all going to be in the gameplay. The one thing that stood out to me, ironically, hilariously, was that it didn't look that fast. And I was like, okay, you have to slow, have... It did didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, well, you, I guess because you have up to four characters at once, so you have this idea of multiplayer Sonic, which we've never really had before, other than, like, Sonic 2, just two players. Almost um, like there's a reason for that, mate. Well, the <laughs> thing is, their, like, fallback was, like, at the, back in the day, was, like, split screen, because you yeah. fundamentally can't keep up together. So yeah. in this one, they've slowed the whole game down so you can both get through it. And I don't know about nah, that. Nah, but nah, nah. I did I did pop, as the wrestling kids say, for Sonic in general. I did sort of go, oh my God, a new Sonic. And um, because we have Sonic Frontiers DLC this year as well, and there's Sonic Origins Plus. Not that I'm getting that again, because they're just charging too much for it. And apparently Sega Superstars okay. is 60 Somebody timestamp that so that I can play it back to <laughs> Scott when he inevitably tells me that he's bought the collector's edition of whatever version that's come out there, because it will happen. It might happen. I, I did. I looked at it last night going, what, what is the plus? What does that mean? And it just means yeah. they've added a bunch of Game Gear games on, which I, I don't care about random bonus versions of Sonic that I never played anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that idea of sort of doing like a super cutesy Sonic, I'm I'm there for it, but it'll all yeah. be in how it plays. I like the little pixelated version of the squids that came out. Yeah, that's out. fine, but wouldn't nice that idea. again look even better if it was just like hand-drawn 2D animation style mm. sprite work? That would be amazing. Like, mm-hmm. even better, I feel like we are at the nexus point now where Sonic needs another revamp. It's mm-hmm. it's had its kind of like, everyone was fascinated about Sonic Mania. That's significantly died down. Frontiers has not stayed the, the, like as much as Sega wants it to, because we're not talking about it now mm-hmm. like i don't hear anyone talking about how that's gonna not, not the... in 2023 but i feel like it was everywhere across last year yeah for a good hot week and mm. then it just kind of <laughs> dropped off and i feel like now we need that little reinvention point why not go back to the drawing board and literally redraw sonic like give him like a chibi Ooh. art style give him something different he, like manga sonic would be cool like like, oh, an anime. like you know what i mean like give him something well... really fresh to look at I tell you what we'll end up getting will be Spider-Verse style Sonic because loads of games are like, moving in towards that Yeah, now. that is like yeah. the new art style and yeah. we that, that is kind of being used as like the go-to um, and I mean the new TMNT movies kind of got that Street Fighter 6 kind of has that yeah. like arguably and um, I'm all for that I love Spider-Verse like I'm kind of all for that style and um, that's interesting though because they tried that with Sonic Boom and everyone hated it so I think they've just kind of stepped right back from that and gone like okay here's little little pot belly Sonic like he used to be little chibi Sonic um, <laughs> and we'll just stick with that and they sort of did the crossover with Generation and kind of go with that yeah. Um, but yeah I think overall though like for SGF my only my personal only negative was the bit at the very end when Keely had been building up to this big finale and then he was like okay guys like the rumours are true oh my god I've got this thing DoorDash the burrito DoorDash <laughs> yeah, thing was, was hilarious that popped but, um, me huge man the amount same. of memes I saw about that because <laughs> I was like he's just steering into it he's yeah, just sort of like well yeah, I know yeah, what yeah. you guys are going to think yeah, but here's yeah. this other thing but then in the, in the case of the final thing that was meant to be more genuine but then mm-hmm. it also was just another Rebirth trailer and that wasn't 
something that was heavily rumored or whatever. Like the more he was talking about that, it felt like it was going to be Final Fantasy IX's remake or something because yeah. that, that has been rumored. I or was something just like, like I was like cool, and then I saw yeah. people going into meltdown on social media saying like, "Oh my god, can you imagine how big it's going to be because it's on mm. two discs?" I was like, "That's." <laughs> You realise that's not a selling point, right? The like, two disc like, thing like, is weird. Like, like because... I don't know. We've we've moved away from the PS2 era of mm. bigger equals better. We have done this. We've experienced how having nothing in game worlds means there's nothing to do. <laughs> like, if they're going to be walking around a massive desert that just goes, oh man, you won't believe the hard drive space that this Look desert takes. I'm like, there's nothing in it to do. Why are we what? doing it? Yeah, I wonder how much um, like Elden Ring and um, what the hell's that Diablo? Like, it's mm-hmm. sort of the like more modern open world stuff. Um, not definitely Elden Ring in terms of the way that it rolls its map out. If that's rejuvenated people's interest in, oh, okay, the open world genre isn't dead because it's the Ubisoft formula that needed to die. And Tears of the Kingdom is another one that sort of just has a more natural approach to an open world. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's... It was Ima- a weird thing to do. Imagine like saying that two discs is a selling point. I just don't well, get the, it. Like, like I understood back in the day when you looked at a game and you were like, "I'm getting four discs worth." That's going to be like an epic content thing. Mm. It, it's so meaningless. Like ninety nine percent of the people are going to download this game rather than play it on discs. So you'll be what? So, oh, it uses two hard drives worth of space. <laughs> when you put it like that, that sounds like an absolute ass of a game. Well, that was the first thing I thought of because I've, I don't know what a PS five disc's maximum capacity is, but you always going to bully everything off of it. Everything. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm yeah. just like, are you, is it two discs? Because it's actually like 250 or 300 gig. Like, if you, oh if, you, if you do download it, like, it doesn't, it has to be a downloadable version of it. Imagine if you have to download it in partitions. So basically, I assume that so, so, so you download it and it goes like, oh, in order to play this pit on here, <laughs> here you're going to need to download the other 75 gigabyte uh, patch and it deletes the one that you've just downloaded to carry your saves over. Oh, just... this could be so brutally horrible. <laughs> I'm drinking it in. Well, of course, the last few years, there was that whole thing about how big Call of Duty was getting and like i think there's a 150 yeah. gig version of that right now smelly. and then in <laughs> very smelly and of course the last sort of releases of warzone like you said you can partition those things off and only keep the campaign only keep mm-hmm. the multiplayer or whatever but it's still massive file sizes and the assumption was across this generation we would figure that stuff out but instead they've kind of just steered into it in nah, theory anyway i guess bloat, we'll see bloat, 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 how bloat. it goes but um yeah in the way that they were showing that stuff off as well and we're not going to do spoilers for final fantasy 7 but i I just the things they're teasing and the order they're teasing them in I guess because I know the way it's going I'm just like this is the weirdest way to tell this story yeah you I I get that because it's like a remake they're trying to express that everything that you know from the past will be changed or in Mm -hmm. some form or another and that's fine Sephiroth kills Tifa in the trailer apparently yeah it's like it's that's fine you can do this (laughs) because of the fact that it's your story to tell and that's okay. There will always be the originals if you don't like the new version. Mm. However, having the original versions to hand and having it be regarded as one of the best stories told on the PlayStation 1, if not of all JRPGs, mm. why would you want to mess this much with the proven formula <laughs> with an arguably much weaker angle? Because it's like, oh, is Tifa a robot? It's like, <laughs> who the hell cares about that? Like, well, my on, thing brother. was... You know, they should like at the end of the Final Fantasy VII remake from 2020. You fight Sephiroth. You do yeah. the, the big fight against yeah. him, which obviously in the main game you don't do until way, way later. Mm-hmm. But in in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth that we've just seen, you're still getting the scene where Cloud is telling everybody in calm about Sephiroth. Yeah. And, but they've still they've already done the big climactic yeah. fight. It's you're just trying weird. to put the genie back in the bottles to do it. Yeah. Again. Oh, do you know what else like blew my mind in like a worst way possible? Mm. They showed the gameplay slices, but they left the numbers on, and I hated seeing low value number damage show up oh, in right. the battles because I was like 
by this point in time, most players had over-leveled their characters. They'd gotten to a point where they mm. were doing thousands of points of damage going on. To see Red 13 do a measly piddly 50 points a hit, it's just kind of like, <laughs> you're really drawing me out of this experience because how are you going to explain that? That they mm. all went into a simultaneous coma and forgot everything? Is that, that where we're going? Because no, thank you. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I remember thinking that after playing through the original because you can do so much leveling in that mm-hmm. and you can find things like the ultimate weapons and everything. How are they possibly going to continue that? Because they have all these late game things in what is now the first part of a trilogy and so the only thing you can do is just wipe the slate clean and reset everybody and hope that it's people find that satisfying. It's such a rug pull for people who like say you chained those two games together and you went through the end you'd got all the ultimate weapons you maxed out everyone mm. you start part two of disc one and then you just go like oh cool I've got nothing and they do it in like sort of like oh looks like you slipped and bonked wow. your head and well, I, mean, I, yeah, I, I, I need to get that scene to because if, yeah. I'd, if I'd forgotten all of that and lost all my stuff there would be questions. I think they're going to do that though I think that because obviously at the end of seven remake seven like yeah. the end of the, what is now the first third you have that big sort of world altering event at least in terms of the the area that they're in with all the whispers and everything mm-hmm. else again mm-hmm. not specifics and um, but coming out of that do you just have characters just go like oh we're recovering so much so we're actually weaker now and we need to reset it or something Grown. and then what do you do for part three as well <laughs> they have to figure out something for that i know but yeah, it was overall, I really enjoyed it. I and mean, a lot of people's questions, I mean, I specifically asked what people um, you know, were thinking about it. Prince of Persia was brought up quite a lot as just okay. like a general sort of thing. We um, should Final actually Fantasy answer some people's questions. As we people, will. We've, we've had a bant. We have. We have a little, little bant, a little rant every now and then. But yeah, massive thank you to everybody for sending in your various questions and talking points. Um, Honest NPC says, good day, legends. Hope you're well. Hello. As this is game trailer season, what is your opinion on developers' reaction to fan backlash when a game is announced? Do you think developers should stick with their vision like Wind Waker or make changes to address backlash? Okay, so you think that um, when people see game trailers and then they have a universally negative reception and then they say, right, we're pulling it to rework it. I guess like Suicide Squad. Like, honestly, I think that that's the most important thing is because you could test all of these things with um, your, like like, like, um, test demographics, you know, when they just go through film trailer stuff and Mm. they get people to like say what you think about them. That's Mm. one thing when it's a closed off um, circle of people. But when you put it out to the public, it's a completely different thing because you're not, you're getting a real engagement of what your game is being received as. And, And I think that it's really, really important. I don't think that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates 
fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think that the public should have some sway over developers and publishers, but they shouldn't have complete control over how they do it because you shouldn't be like uh, reprogramming your game because people are like, oh, you can't pet the dog in this game. So therefore I'm not going to buy it. It's like that's different to, oh, you've put predatory microtransactions in your game and it's going to hamper how much we enjoy it. That is something to fix. And it can be very positive because do you remember what happened with Bloodstained Ritual of the Night? Mm -hmm. Um, Change the art style. Yeah. So they they put it out and then they would like, this is ugly i really hate the look of this and you know what the developer came back and said you know what you're totally right we've revamped the entire graphical system and we're doing it this way Mm -hmm. plus there's the other story recently with uh, i think it was final fantasy 16 Mm. people were complaining about the ui said that it didn't look very nice and then the developer or 15 i can't remember which one it was Uh, somebody Mm -hmm. will correct me on this one but the developers came back and said look we've changed it it's like well this is how we want it to be and then they reverted back and said, you know what, actually, you're wrong. <laughs> that you, the audience, are wrong because this doesn't actually work for us. And I was like, that's also important. See that? I think open dialogues are cool. I just, for me, I'm all about the artists. I'm all about the mm. author the, or the authored intent. So I'm always just like, how much are you believing in that vision? Is having audience feedback or that communal relationship part of the vision? You actually want to have something where you're bouncing ideas off a community, like the new skate game that is very much like in mm-hmm. tandem mm-hmm. with the community. And mm-hmm. um, Wind is an interesting example from Honest NPC because they Nintendo changed that game when they re-released it for the H. Yes. Um, like all the fetch quests towards the end were shortened and things like the same with Ocarina of Time like the version on 3DS they changed the water temple they redesigned it mm-hmm, they made it mm-hmm. easier so I like over time maybe a developer is like actually you know what that bit was cumbersome that's not what we intended let's change that thing um, but for me it's all about the intent of the original vision I when reading this question thought of the new Prince of Persia and I don't want that to change like yep. I get the potential negatives of it and I have no idea how much the new version respects anything even close to either the game or actual Persian history I have no idea yeah, Persian yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to see what they're doing, and then I want to make opinions on that. I don't want it to be this try and please everybody thing because you end up with stuff like Rise of Skywalker, where yeah, it's just it just does nothing. Know. It just does yeah. nothing for anyone because you're too afraid to change things or to move on or to provide anything other than well, this is what the most average people will like yeah exactly and it's, I, I always just want like yeah creative visions if there is a, if there is a vision there unless your specific idea is we're trying to build something for a community and then trying to balance with that i but do, it's, a, it's I, do I like the idea of like a director's cut video game style thing though mm. like we do it so much with films that it doesn't do as much with uh, video games the remasters mm-hmm. and remakes definitely uh tread towards this mm-hmm. but i remember there was because Bethesda were talking about, or there was a rumor going around that Fallout 1 and 2 may get a remaster. Okay. And I was watching um, Tim Kaines, uh, who was like one of the original creators of the game uh, Way Back Way. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how he regrets a few things. And maybe regrets a strong word, and mm. uh, I don't mean any disrespect, but he just said there were a few things that he introduced that maybe he wished he hadn't done. Okay, that's Such as in Fallout 2, you can actually meet ghosts they introduced apparitions so right. they'd obviously got this like post-apocalyptic uh survivalist story 
But then they added in the supernatural element because you could help this ghost find a lost bracelet and they made that canon. Mm. So it wasn't like, it wasn't a side quest. It was actually like part of just your day-to-day experiences there. So I think that if he went back and they remastered it, he would want stuff like that taken out because it affects the overall canon going forward. It makes our lives easier to not have ghosts be canon. Yeah. Plus they can see how the story goes over time and they so actually know the world makes more sense in this direction. Yeah, we'll we'll try and retcon stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're getting bits of that with Final Fantasy VII. There's like various, like the um, the scenario designers and stuff go back to that game and tweak Mm -hmm. different stuff. I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake is in itself very reflective of how big Cloud versus Sephiroth has become in gaming culture. Because they're just leaning into it, aren't they? It's just like, yeah. yeah. he was like a way more mysterious character. Yeah, for me, it's always going to be is there a vision there at all and do we need to respect it and mm. whatever but I, I would always want something to be there before I have feedback on it I just want the the authority in that exchange has to come from the creator um, at least for me anyway mm-hmm. um, question from Elfar Oliver who says just want to know does Jules use earplugs at concerts sorry <laughs> just want to know since Jules uses earplugs at concerts does he also use sunglasses at the movies and what uh. did he, what did we think of the new Spider-Verse movie haven't felt such anticipation for a sequel since Infinity War do you want to address right. this slander Jules okay so so yeah, I know that a lot of people were like, oh, you wear earplugs to go to gigs. Like, I, I, I don't want to destroy my ears. I'm sorry, man. I had a lot of people like, reach out to me and be like, dude, what the hell? How are you not wearing earplugs? So yeah, that, like exactly. I, yeah. So, so it's a case of like, why? Uh, I mean, no, I don't wear sunglasses when I go to the movies because my eyes aren't big as it's uh, not set to a level like a, by like yeah. light and, and it's like not the burn way the are with sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's just because of it's a safety precaution. And to mm-hmm. be fair, I go to or used to go to a lot of incredible incredibly heavy gig so it was a case of <laughs> it is just for the best betterment of everyone that I don't have a constant ringing in my ear like eh. yes oh no it's safe I mean there's nothing worse and especially when you come out of a gig and you have that thinking is this me forever now am yeah. I actually going to get rid of this or not especially um, when it lasts like the second day because the first yeah. day you're like oh, okay that's fine I can I, I expected to have some sort of uh, some damage effectively mm-hmm. but when it goes into the second day you're like oh no oh no especially okay. when you hit like your 30s and stuff and it's like oh is this what the hearing sounds like now yeah. where I just don't have hearing um spider-verse stuff i don't know if you've seen across the spider-verse yet? i haven't yet no no i'm okay. gonna go uh, this weekend it is a good time i yeah i love spider-verse i'm loving it uh, we mentioned before like its overall impact on entertainment and art uh, across the across the spider-verse itself yeah. but um yeah would massively recommend it um question from sean o'burn who says what would we rather have a a video game industry where developers and publishers tell you everything that happens during the production of video games or b you hear nothing from developers or publishers until a day before launch with no info for years oh that's such a tough question to answer because <laughs> i actually want both like yeah, a bit of yeah. both. it's weird to be so hypocritical and ask for full transparency with game development but also at the same time want to be surprised, be surprised. by new stuff I think that we I would of... take the first personally just because mm. I'm fascinated by the creation process and for me I think it would be a net positive on a long enough timeline that people understand the making of games and can get on board with those teams and would understand if something went sideways but it would yeah. require complete transparency as to all the top level corporate decisions that you know get in the way etc but I think you would empower developers and the and the, the right decision makers in that process at least you yeah. would hope so it, you you you're kind of weighing up two options as the first one is better for the creators and at a slower pace for the people within the game industry like mm. us, the players. Whereas the other one of no information whatsoever is for the players, but comes at the cost of the artist because yep. they may be being treated badly. You won't know of anything until it's far too late. And if that information never makes its way out, then bad practices will continue over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's a shame, though, because we kind of had it very good in the early era before the Internet really took off, you and I, because... 
our only source of information would be like printed media. So yes. we would go all the demo discs and stuff we got onto like official PlayStation magazine. You'd go down there, you'd read every single page, gleaning every bit of information that was there. So you'd know about these games, but you wouldn't know that much about them. You'd have to mm. wait a little bit. It was all very that. curated back then. Yeah, and it all like built that anticipation as to like what the game was going to be so that when you finally did go into your local game store and see that a game was just there that wasn't there before, mm. you'd be like, the surprise, the shock, the excitement was mm -hmm. so real. But that's just from the player. If yes. it was, if we were told about it all in excruciating detail, like you say, beforehand in those magazines, would we be as anticipating? I don't know. Well, that's it's, it's a really tough question to answer. Yeah, plus it would affect the um, like the bell curve, this, the spike of like the interest graph because mm -hmm. the, the loads of marketing is built on building up the hype and capitalizing at the, the apex of that curve, which you wouldn't have anymore. It would be more of like a steady line. And then it'd be weird because people would be following projects for years on end and either that pays off or they'd just be tired by the time it's eventually meant yeah. to come out. I think that on in terms of like a moral thing though, we probably mm. should both be advocating for the former rather than the latter because even mm -hmm. though it would be lovely to be constantly surprised you can still be surprised by game studios even when you think you know everything like yes the development process for um like the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom for example there was lots of little teasers little bits little mm. bits of information but it was all done through the nintendo lens so you only saw what they wanted you to see yet mm. that game is obviously a massive success so yeah i think there's there are massive benefits to waiting and shadow dropping stuff later it's just that hopefully you have the right stuff to shadow drop because i guess if you, truth if you also remove the feedback from the consumer side then if something is terrible you have a day to react to it if it's coming mm -hmm. out the day mm -hmm. after Next question from KTM421, who says, Good afternoon. I want to know what's your favorite E3 fail. Mine is Naughty Dog's Uncharted 4 <laughs> gameplay, where the game glitched out in the market scene and Nathan Drake froze in place. They even made fun of it by making a trophy called they Stage did. Fright. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was amazing. Like, talk about a good recovery from that to make True. it into, like, to make a meme into something where you go, Look, yeah, fair enough. It didn't work <laughs> the way we wanted it to. And I just felt so bad for the people who must have been there doing the demo at the mm. time because there's nothing worse than getting out there and something going wrong in front of a crowd because you can't explain to them you can't just be like look i'm really sorry we're experiencing some technical <laughs> difficulties that sentence lasts what three seconds yeah if it goes on for minutes you're like i'm out of material now guys do you want me well, to start doing like... stand up like hey yo so where did you come from <laughs> hey, 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 e3 like... demos remember right yeah it was always like live demo folks like that was like the go-to sort of quote or whatever yeah um for me i don't think of anything specific i've, I've watched a lot of crowby cat compilations of older yeah, e3s yeah. and i remember most of them anyway i think for me it's when um, Ubisoft would try someone like Mr. Caffeine or they'd try like a, a really over the top character that just doesn't gel and doesn't gel yeah. from the beginning but you're stuck with them for like two hours or whatever it is so I don't have a specific one but it's more just like the tendency of E3 to be as to try and be as like I don't know aggressively quirky as possible yeah. and then just falling down because we end up in that horrible valley of you're trying to appease stock investors who don't necessarily know much about video games but know that it's wacky over the top <laughs> and it's all about the hype mm -hmm. and and then you've got the actual gamers who feel very, very, they withdraw when it's like a level of cringe like that. It's like yes. nuclear radiation to them. And I remember <laughs> that there was like, I can't remember which um, expert was, but they got in some hype casters to call a match as oh, an esports one. Yep. And they were like, oh, he's going for the point. Whoa, my God. Oh, he's got the triple whammy. And it's just because it's, because it's just two people talking about a game that no one's experienced before so they're not mm. entirely sure what the mechanics are 
and you've got a live audience of people that are just like oh i feel uncomfortable because <laughs> even if i know this game i'm not going to be going like yeah go red team yeah. yeah yeah and they like turn to the crowd like come on guys give them some support it's like we don't know what's going on <laughs> like, like like this is horrible for you and us we're embarrassed for you yeah why are you dragging us into this i kind of yeah. thought that um during the sgf when they had that dude out that was advertising marvel snap i thought he was right on the line mm-hmm. of being like energetic and loud i thought he made it made it work um but that's the kind of dude that you need to make that stuff work he was like self-aware because he's like laughing at himself when some of yeah. his stuff didn't land and I was like cool you get it and uh, what you're putting oh, the rest of us through I utterly hate and I think that this can go for any of my sort of like most cringy funny mm. moments are when you've got two people up there that are trying to sound naturalistic but are working from such right. a tightly regulated script that there is no feasible human connection <laughs> whatsoever so it's like Hey Scott, can you believe that I managed to score that headshot from uh, from fifty b- yards away? And you'd be like, "Wow, that's a real headache." <laughs> like pause for I laugh. was thinking like pause. But it's just sort of like yeah, like did you use the point fifty cal? Man, I got that as a pre order bonus. Oh my god! It's like no I'll do that way. Too. Oh, that's amazing. Like do you remember when um, uh, all of those Tom Clancy games decided that they would try and use that in every demo presentation yeah. and anthem? Oh, that was so <laughs> bad. When they were like, "I'm coming up onto the point now." Oh, Roger, Roger, I'll be there in yeah. three. And it's like oh, two. And she's like two, one lands there. And it's like oh my god. It's like stop, no, yeah, no one plays stop. with this degree Dude, of like. I'll, I will you know, give you an a, a real interaction between Mm -hmm. gamers playing Anthem. Turn your volume up for this one here. (sighs) 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 The (laughs) clear... Hold on, hold on, boys. I'm just going to get a drink. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, and then they play some like copyrighted pop song in the background while they do like. Yeah, I'm, I'm back, guys. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, I think overall um, that attempt to try and replicate gamer quirk, like that we yeah. we, we know we we can do that naturally. I think there's always a way to uh, do it, good or bad. Like an anime fan on prom night. That like... was the absolute apex of the worst <laughs> of it. Um, final question from the 159th Gunner of 2023, who says, "What is the best chicken sandwich in the UK?" Popeyes has the hard lock over here in America, but I wonder what the rest of the world has. What delicious treasures the rest of the world has? Has the what? Sorry, say that. The again. lock. It's on lock. It's okay, I'm, I'm googling it to know what it is. So it's the pop eyes. Pop eyes are like a. We don't lock. have them in the UK, so we we can't. Although actually, no, I, I drew a pasta pop eyes. Okay. So I've typed in pop eyes on lock. Is that what they say here? Well, the just, phrasing the, of the, the, the Reddit post just says locking your doors. People locked inside a pop eyes. <laughs> we <laughs> feel like the two, getting, the two right? oldest men in the on the earth trying to figure this out. The um, no Gunner says the pop eyes has the hard lock on the best chicken oh sandwich. Oh my god, I am so odd. I've had my E3 moment. I've misunderstood <laughs> that it's not a name of a sandwich because I thought that it was called the pop eyes on lock, as in like it was the pop eyes lockdown. Sandwich. They should no, do a pop means, and lock, means, though. They have locked it down because of how good they are. Wow, yeah. that is really embarrassing for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. No, fair enough. I'll no, it, it happens I'll to us all. Look, it is, uh, it's 10 live plus demo, 2 in the guys, Live demo, guys. Live demo, folks. It's, uh, it's the way to make it work. But yeah, chicken sandwich. Um, I don't have a go-to pick other than I've never got tired of KFC, which I don't know if there's a, a vegan alternative that can hold up to the, the fatter joints in the world, but that's what I would go for. Do you know what? The um, the vegan KFC sandwich that they did was pretty good. The vegan mm. Burger King chicken sandwich is actually okay as okay. well. 
But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't I don't know anywhere that does a good chicken sandwich. Um, no. I kind of so, want to start this off as a bit of hashtag discourse between now and next week's recording. Get, let us know. And even you can wait until next Thursday's question shout out what the best yeah. chicken sandwich is. If there is any sort of vegans out there who could recommend a good chicken meat substitute, I will try <laughs> it in a sandwich. Uh, go mm-hmm. message me over on Twitter. I will try it in a sandwich and I'll come back with my findings if I remember, which likely I won't. <laughs> That's a flashback to when we were trying those weird shots and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, Just, yeah. We, you know, we, need, we still need to try them because I'm hopefully going to be coming up to see you uh, yes. at the beginning of uh, July. So yes. hopefully uh, we'll be able to have those shots in person, which would be nice. Maybe we can do a cheers with different types of chicken oh, sandwiches. that would be great. Have that Bring with the, the, the chicken together. sandwich and the shots on the side. You yeah. have your sandwich, you wash it down with a shot. Booyah. <laughs> we will make it work. Speaking of making things work, this has been the Untitled Panther Podcast, the UBP, the UBP. The UBP. The UBP. A massive, massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions. Apologies for a slightly shorter episode this week, but we'll do what we can next week. For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. I did the wrong ending again, Jules. Oh, I did the standard ending. It's okay, mate, because you are from WhatCulture.com, <laughs> but I am from the Future Game Show. There so you go. Uh, make sure you go follow us on our respective channels. And also, uh, we'll be doing the call for questions next Thursday uh, over on Twitter. It's at RetroJ with a zero for myself and at slash. LP89 for Scott. Uh, one of us will put out a call for questions, so get ready to submit to our questions. Be beautiful. Thanks all to everyone. Words. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.